If you've ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at restaurants, then this is the podcast for you. We'll take you inside the minds of restaurant owners, chefs, bartenders, servers, basically anyone who has anything to do with food, drink, or hospitality. I'm Brady Vixilio, owner of Steinhober's Restaurant in La Bella Italia on Raskin Road in Virginia Beach. Welcome to The Check Podcast. And I'm Alvin Williams, co-host of The Check, and owner of Cobalt Grow Restaurant in Hilltop North, Virginia Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We'll be talking about restaurants, people who work in restaurants, who own restaurants, and the people who like to dine in restaurants. During these times of COVID-19, the work for servers at restaurants has become particularly challenging. To get an inside look at what it's been like to be a waiter, both in general and during these past months, we welcome Tom Violet to the podcast. How's it going, fellas? This hey, is, Tom. This has long been a dream of mine. Or as we affectionately call you, Tom V. Tom V. In the house. Tom, you're no stranger to the studio because this is where we do the schedule every Sunday. Yeah, I've often pretended that I was on the podcast with these microphones. It's cool to be on. Well, it's cool to have you on. Uh, you do a lot with, this, with, with me, Tom. I rely on you for a lot of things. Tell everybody, how long have you been at Steinhober's? Uh, 33 years. Sometimes it seems like 33 days. Sometimes it seems like 33 decades, but uh, it's been great. We've had a, we had a lot of fun together. Yeah, well, that, that's, that is the restaurant business, isn't it? It, it isn't, yep. How long does it feel today? Uh, today, just, you know, it feels like my first day. <laughs> 33 minutes. I had, All a, right. I had a day off yesterday, so I feel oh, great. Oh, yeah. nice. What are some of the things that you enjoy about, about your work, Tom? Uh, the people, number one. Uh, the customers, you know, get to, We've got, we're fortunate to have a very loyal clientele uh, that have been coming in, you know, for literally generations. I've done sometimes, I've done two generations of uh, rehearsal dinners before, and it's really been, uh, it's been cool to uh, see the kids grow up and get to know people as a family, you know, as part of our family. And sometimes I feel like part of their family too. It's cool. So two generations of rehearsal dinners, that means that, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, yep. we did the parents rehearsal dinner exactly. and then- we do their children. Yeah, when they get married. When they get married. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's not many places I think where you can say that. But. And not many, not many employees stay at a place long enough to see that all in one place. No, so. well, you know, we've, uh, you know, you guys have treated me well. It's been, uh, I love the clientele, so there's no reason to leave. Well, obviously, um, you know, Brady's your boss, so you got to say nice things about him. And- <laughs> <laughs> and, and I understand that. I don't I think can. you understand the way our relationship works. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, I was curious. Um, you alluded to the every once in a while you, you might get a day off. And I was wondering how you like to spend your time when you're, you're not at Steinhelmers. We've got uh, six nieces and nephews, three that live in the area. And uh, they're all active in sports. So I love to, uh, love to kind of jump out there. I just came from the basketball court with my oldest nephew. Love to go out there and do a little bit of training with him. And uh, kind of keeps me young. You started a whole little Tom V basketball training camp, haven't you? Uh, quite by accident, yeah. I was, uh, I was actually working, uh, working a lunch shift, and I got a text uh, from somebody that had seen Charlie play you know, over the past couple of years, and he's made a lot of improvements. And you know, with the kids not being able to do organized athletics during the early part, uh, part of COVID, uh, so, you know, would you be interested in uh, you know, training my son? So we, I said, sure. You know, so we went out there. Did him, and then you know about three or four others. So we've had a had a busy summer before you know my work shift starts. But it's kind of a labor of love. Like they pay me, but only because it, my fiance insists on it. But I would I'd love to be out there for free. <laughs> and Charlie is your nephew, your Charlie, brother's brother's son. My brother's son, yeah. And he's the oldest, right? Yeah, he's the he's the oldest one I do. He's a uh, rising freshman at academy. Okay. Go Bulldogs! 
And you're an avid uh, Redskins fan. I'm I'm not an avid Redskins. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the official name anymore, Alvin. You have to be more politically correct. You know me. I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not up on American football. I, I think I think it's it's you know cleverly named the Washington football team, which is is that what they officially came up with? I think that for this year. Boy, they really put their <laughs> right. thinking caps on for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I think. <laughs> so I was joking about that. You're you're the Dallas uh, Cowboys. Yeah, right? I'm a is fan that? of America's team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's one of your favorite experiences of working in a restaurant, Tom? Oh, there's so many. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good and a bad. I'll tell you one a, a highlight for the good and a highlight that was a little more challenging. Um, okay. Both from uh, one, both from weddings. Actually, uh, the first one really made you feel. It was a very emotional wedding. Her father had just passed away. Uh, the the bride's father, and they were exceptionally close. And so she was emotional. Uh, you know, about losing him. It was a family from Kentucky. And predictably, when they came there, all they talked about was bourbon, basketball, and horse racing. It was a prototypical, it was everything I had ever wanted to meet from, uh, meet from Kentucky people. But they were so, so nice. And, uh, you know, we just said, you know, she broke down three or four times crying. They had mentioned a story earlier about her and her father used to always drink milk together. And when they went up to do the toast, the, uh, the best man and the maid of honor gave a toast, and then she wanted to say a couple words. So I looked at my uh, my busser next to me, and he was pretty sharp guy, Stuart Routon at the time. And I said, Stuart, go get a uh, champagne glass and fill it with milk. And so he ran to get the champagne glass, filled it with milk, showed up, handed it to her, and you the entire the entire family just broke down crying, and it was a very special moment. And she pulled me aside for about five minutes afterwards and, you know, talked about how it made her feel like her father was in the room. So it was, uh, that was probably one of the moments I was most proud of you know, on the floor. Uh, one of the most challenging ones, we had a weather, uh, a weather issue. The bride was running behind and we kept saying, if we want to get this in, it's going to be a very, very beautiful event, but uh, we need to go now because the skies are about to open up. So bravely within bolts of lightning virtually. She went out there and luckily they had a gutsy uh, officiant. They got the wedding done, came inside. The pictures were spectacular because of the clouds and the, uh, you know, the sun going down. Came downstairs. Rain unfortunately came down a little, uh, a little too fast and we started to take on water downstairs. And once again, an incredible family. The water's coming in right in front of the bar and we literally have my fiance who was a hostess at the time with a squeegee and she would push the water out of the, uh, out of the way long enough for somebody to order a drink, receive the cocktail and then shuffle back. And then the one, we'd, we'd repeat the thing all over again and we did it all night long. And they just, they were ecstatic about the entire event. Yeah. They, laughed took it and, yeah, they laughed about the challenges, but it was, uh, so that was the kind of some of the good and the bad as far as, uh, as far as restaurant events. What does hospitality mean to you, Tom? It means making people feel at home when they're, when they're with us. When they walk into our restaurant, we try to make it feel like they're walking into their friend's house. Um, you know, anticipating their needs, making them, feel, uh, making them feel comfortable. They could have had a stressful day on the way over. And, but, but by the time they sit down in their seat and get their drink as quickly as possible, we want everything that's gone wrong in their day to be washed away and for them to enjoy their time with us. That's a difficult thing to achieve, and, and you have to find a special person for it. What would you say are the top characteristics that somebody should have to be a good waiter? 
I think you've got to have empathy. I think you've always got to look look at everything uh, that's going on at the table from the customer's uh, perspective. I think you've got to put their, yourself in their shoes and you've got to say, okay, look, how would I like to be treated in this situation? And then kind of treat, uh, treat them from that way. You've got to have a good work ethic. Um, there's going to be, not everything's going to go perfect, but you've got to just keep pushing through. You've got to be able to show up and be the best version of yourself every shift, which is challenging um, times, especially over no matter what's going on in your life, you've got to be able to put that aside and say, look, I'm here for the guest. That's my role. And I think finally, I think you've got to be able to work as a team. That's not always easy. I always tell them we're like the Chicago Bulls and I'm like Michael Jordan, but <laughs> sometimes I'm more like uh, Steve Kerr. But we, uh, but you've always got to, uh, you've always got to work as a team Try to help. If you see somebody next to you struggling, you got to try to pick them up because everything that goes on in the restaurant on every night is a reflection of the ownership, it's a reflection of the rest of the staff, and it's a reflection of the restaurant's reputation as a whole. You've got to try to protect that as best you can every single shift. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I always say the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. A lot of people say that, but it's one of the things. you started it. I started it. (laughs) And... And no matter how good three or four people are, if you have two or three people that are weak and they're not being helped out by the strong ones, you got you have a breakdown in the system. Yep, that's exactly right. And it's always, to me, if you're doing something the easy way, you're usually doing it the wrong way. And it's, it's, it's difficult to do, to do that day in and day out. It takes a special person. Yeah, and I actually, uh, you know, people that I've worked with over the years that have been really exceptional, I always am in awe about how some of those people make things that I know that I know are difficult, that I know the challenges that they've overcome, but how easy they make the guest experience at the table look and how smooth they are with that job. That's one thing that, you know, I think you constantly aspire to, but there's some people that just, that I've worked with that have just been, you know, incredible. And and a lot of guests, they take that for granted. And, and Tom, I'm going to quiz you real quick. What's, what's my favorite compliment at the door when somebody's on their way out? Oh, our, our waiter was incredible. We didn't even know he was there. And I say, oh, who, who was, which one was your waiter? Yeah, yeah. And they have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the ghost waiter, I think is yeah. our, uh, that's our goal. People know they got great service, but they don't know how it got there. Right. Right. And, and you almost want them to take it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Gary was great at that. He really was. Yeah. He was the best. But everybody knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your team and past experiences over the year, mm-hmm. um, your wife was incredible. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm curious to know if if the servers of years past, twenty and thirty years ago, were they? Uh, did you find them easier to work with? They, were they more professional? Took it as a career as opposed to the people that you're working with now, or is it the same? Or I think there have been exceptionally professional people at every stage. Like every team that we've put together here has had exceptionally professional people. Um, when I've when I first started working here, I was in awe of every single server on the floor. I just thought, but they had been here, and ex- I was the junior waiter for my first 10 years here. Nobody left. I was the youngest one, and uh, but they were all, but I learned a lot. I uh, learned, they had a very loyal following, and each each one had their strengths, and I kind of tried to take, you know, uh, Gary's, go, the, Gary's ability to deliver service without anybody knowing he was there. Stewart's ability to connect with guests and kind of, uh, you know, kind of 
kind of make the experience fun for everybody. You kind of t- tried to take a little bit of everyone's style. As you mentioned, my wife, Carrie, did used to work here with you. She did. She, she did. She often referred to you as her work husband. Oh, God. So she was <laughs> That's a, very flattering. Yeah, she, she has phenomenal taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Tom, I like you more and more each day, I tell you. So she was a servant, and she went on to be um events planner. Yep. And, of course, she was the best person you ever worked with, right? Uh, that's, I would I would say that without a doubt. All right. Knowing that she's listening to this. <laughs> and, and your fiancé. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Second person. Ryan, Ryan, you're number one. Ryan was so excited. I was telling, telling Brady that she was so excited when you guys asked her to be on. I could have been on Johnny Carson, and she wouldn't have been any more impressed. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, can't, I, I will tell you something real quickly. I came home the other night and saw, uh, and she had like a funny look on her face when I walked in the door. So what's going on? She said, well, I was just listening to the check, but I was embarrassed <laughs> to be listening to it and you weren't here. I said, well, it's a great podcast. Everybody should listen to it. So as a server, how have things changed for you since the start of COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I do. I mostly specialized in uh, large groups. So for me, it changed uh, dramatically, especially early on. We weren't allowed to have any, you know, any groups, any large groups at all. So I kind of had to reconnect with my roots and uh, go back, you know, work on work on the floor, something that, uh, to be quite honest, made me extremely nervous for years. Like I would work on the floor on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, and I would, you know, be nervous three or four uh, days prior to the shift. New Year's started. Eve. New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, New Year's Eve. Also, we had larger groups on New Year's Eve, so I could usually kind of get a couple tens, a couple twelves, and then and then right. get home right. with my <laughs> with my sanity intact. Valentine's Day, or when they come in two by two, like on Noah's Ark, that always uh, that always petrified me. But uh, so I, but actually, I've enjoyed it. I've got a chance to wait on a lot of people that uh, normally don't attend functions with large groups. Uh, I've got to meet a lot of new people. They're like, "Hey, you know, I always see you in here, but you're always, you're always working a big party." And I've got to know them, and it's been. Uh, I have two couples that come early every Sunday morning, and I feel guilty now if I'm not there on Sunday to see them. I feel like you know. I was going to say you've you've developed a new little a, a new, new little, little following. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of fun. I I love to tell stories, so sometimes I you know I find myself say, "Hey, man, you got to get away from this table. You've got other people waiting for you." But uh, but it is. Uh, but it's it's been fun. I honestly have I've really enjoyed it. As far as the customers go, there's a couple, uh, you know, people that were have just been so supportive do, throughout the entire COVID nineteen. Joe Voorhees would come over as soon as he heard about it, right over in his little golf cart with his twelve daughters, uh, draped all over it, buying gift certificates, getting shrimp to go, maybe an orange crush or two, <laughs> um, <laughs> or three, and um, you know it, that w- that's been really fun when we. Uh, kind of made the decision to open for lunch you know the first face faces i see are my mom and my aunt coming up to you know to, to have their weekly lunch together and that was awesome that was you know kind of bring, brought a tear to my eye they've been very supportive yeah it's uh you know franklin family been awesome but it's you know we've had we've had it, it's been it's been humbling to see how caring people were and how they were eager to reach out as soon as the thing started i thought it was you know it was awesome it was awesome and it still is people are still doing it yeah Tom, of course, we strive for 100% success and to make every dish perfect for every person. But it's, you can't please all the people all the time. Some people wonder about the best way to complain or send back food if they're unhappy. Uh, from your perspective of a server, can you give us some advice on this? A guest is doing us a favor by pointing out that we have not met their expectations with that dish. And for them to sit there and, you know, and say, hey, look... Uh, I'm just and be unhappy with your dinner. 
get the waiter's attention as quickly as quickly as you can. Let him fix it as quickly as you can, so you can uh, enjoy your de- uh, dinner and experience. I mean, that's what you're doing us a favor by letting us know that we didn't get it right that time, and we, you know, greatly appreciate the opportunity to get it right. So uh, the waiter should make that make that clear when as soon as you bring up there was a problem. Hey, thank you very much. We're, uh, you know, we appreciate you letting us know about this, and we're going to get it right for you this time. Hey, that's great advice. Yeah, I, I think that's excellent advice. Um, it's always nice when people are polite about it. Maybe people can say something like, you know, this dish is not to my liking. Not that it's it's bad or that it's, it's you know, but I'm just not sure what the wording is that a, a customer should say that doesn't make them feel or look bad and doesn't make the, the waiter who is obviously, obviously is not cooking the food. Um, it's not his fault or her fault. I think sometimes people feel uncomfortable complaining in front of, other guests at the table. But I think your point is that it's not something to be ashamed of and, and it can be worded in a way that's more constructive. Correct. Tom, how do you think restaurants are going to be once we get through all this COVID thing? Do you, do you believe it's going to go back to the way it was or do you think we we're oh, I hope so. heading for, <laughs> I think we're heading for new territory here where we just, well, I think that a lot of the uh, cleaning measures and uh, precautions will stay. Um, we, we did a lot of this stuff before, but, um, you know, I've noticed a lot of people with a more attention to detail as far as food handling and cleaning pre, uh, pre and post shift. I, I hope that stays. I hope we've done a good job of making the guests feel comfortable here and made some new friends. So hopefully it's the same environment as it was uh, prior, but it's, um, I, I know here, we are going to. I think the out, outdoor lawn is going to be here to stay. It's going to be hard to hard yeah, to tell people that, they can't eat. Out, yeah, out there. it's going to be hard to put that genie back in a bottle. Um, we've got uh, three new cabanas out there too, so that'll be a that'll be kind of a new feature. Um, or it's going to be. I think I think we'll be the same. We'll be the same restaurant that we always were, and uh, hopefully, just everybody's a little more relaxed. I mean, it, it, this is you know high pressure time for everybody, and hopefully, we can. Uh, I'll get back to having a good time. So you're settling in for another 30, 31 years, 33 years? 33. 33 years. All right. 33. Got, I got here because my uh, dear friend, Josh Renniger, got sick of buying me Slurpees after we played basketball after school. So he said, I'm getting you a job. So he brought me up to Steinhelbers. <laughs> I got hired on the spot and jumped on the floor as a busser. And uh, we were closed on uh, Saturday or Sunday and Monday at the time. So I didn't uh, ever have to miss a, miss a pro football game. So it seemed like the perfect... Perfect job to me. I'm still here. Well, oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. Yeah, as Josh constantly reminds me, I gave you a career. What more do you want from me? <laughs> I guess I just want to say that, uh, you know, I've, I've, been, I've gotten to know both these guys, Brady, of course, since you know, we were both kids, and Alvin for you know, quite a while since, uh, you know, through Brady. And uh, to be on this podcast, these are two of the best guys in the business. Brady I grew up with. He used to come over when I was uh, working as a busser, and he'd eat dinner every night, and every night he'd leave his steak laying around. Every night I'd hide his steak from him. Every night he'd get mad and wouldn't be able to find it. So we, uh, we've been pulling each other's legs for a long time. It's been, uh, it's been, a, great, it's been a great three decades here, I can, I can tell you, and I feel like, you know, I feel like the third uh, Vasilio brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. And whenever, and whenever I'm, uh, for those of you that don't know, Robert Vasilio is the producer on this, and I always speculate how my life would have been different if Robert Vasilio was running the, uh, was running Steinhelbers. And one thing's for sure, we'd have more sports uh, on TV here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
And Excellent. You, you would have missed less, less sporting events. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would have been easier to get a day off for a big game. Well, thank you, Tom, for being here. You've been an excellent guest. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Like, a lot of fun. Dream come true. We hope you'll, you'll, <laughs> we hope you'll join us again another time. Oh, sure. Well, every week. <laughs> you need a third, third guy? Yeah, yeah. We've got an extra microphone. All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. <laughs> thank you, Tom, for coming. I'm Brady. And I'm Alvin. And this is The, the Check. Check.